Am I talking about the theme for the episode? I thought that was you. I don't know. No, I think so I should say what you just said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind. Start over. <laughs> big and i am white and together we are big and white and you are listening to the big and white podcast a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in asia so big what are we talking about today well today we are talking about international travel the Woo! joys and woes and hilarity and tears and exhaustion can you tell that we've done this before? <laughs> <laughs> Only a few times. <laughs> but first, before we talk about that, I want to hear about your week, White. Did anything crazy happen that you want to tell me about? Well, I almost guarantee that my exciting thing of the week is going to be a lot less exciting <laughs> than yours. That's why you're going first. <laughs> but I'm going to go for it anyway, because it's monumental in my life. Not really, but it's kind of awesome. <laughs> Um, what what I is this going to be? I can't wait. I don't even know how to explain this, but I mean, we've talked about that in Nepal, they're street dogs and, uh, you know, they're like friendly and misunderstood and all of that stuff. And mangy, well, but... Slightly. Mangy, but cute. Yeah. Mostly. And I, I mean, I've gotten chased by dogs before, so like you never quite know what you're up for, but usually like they're nice and they're totally used to people being around. Anyway, so earlier this week, I was cycling to work and it's only like a five minute drive super short and uh, I was made this left hand turn and suddenly in the middle not even in the middle like across the entire road there were no cars coming but there were like 15 to 20 street dogs all like lined up I mean not like in a perfect line (laughs) there was a congo line of street dogs marching their way towards me <laughs> there's one in front with a baton <laughs> da, 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 da. yeah it was but but for real like 20 street dogs all coming towards me and i'm on my bike and i instantly just like stop pedaling and like just pretend that i'm just you know rolling by like i'm not a human it's just a bike rolling by <laughs> i'm like notice me don't notice me I don't know if they're evil or I've never seen that many dogs. Yeah, that's crazy. Like a whole pack. I yeah. Mean, usually I see Max like three together. They don't get along that well together. Usually. I wonder what they were doing. Maybe they were celebrating Tiz. Yeah. They're marching for women's rights. Yeah. <laughs> Tiz is the women's holiday. It just happened this week. But yeah, I was so surprised by it that I, I was like, man, in the back of my mind, I should I should be getting off my bike and taking a picture for our <laughs> Instagram, right? But I Podcast just went, first. <laughs> I went into defense second. mode and just like rolled on by and then afterwards it was like, what just happened? And they did they just ignore you? Yeah. They were totally so chill. Yeah. I'm shocked. I don't even so, I have no response. Yeah. I I mean you guys probably are like big freaking deal <laughs> but for me that has been on my mind all week <laughs> you're like trying to concentrate at work and all you think about is the dog tag where why? did they go where did they come from blah 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 cotton eye joe <laughs> <laughs> this was like the beginning of some crazy like urban legend ghost story you know <laughs> like the dog pack that just appears like at certain it's times like a in goosebumps your life. book yeah <laughs> I think that is a Goosebumps book, actually. I think I've read that. (laughs) Yep. And and, uh, what about your amazing story? Yeah. I mean, mine's like super boring compared to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I left Asia last week. What? I know. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it on this podcast because our subtitle is... Isn't it like life as a foreigner in Asia or something? Can we like put the Pacific? <laughs> the Eastern Hemisphere. Yeah. <laughs> the non-West. But actually, it was crazy. The reason I wanted to talk about it is that I was just so blown away when I was there. And it took me like the whole week to figure out why. But I realized that going there, I had kind of in my mind this expectation that it would be like Asia. Mm. Like it's so I went to two countries. I went to Australia for the first time. Very fun. 
and I went to Papua New Guinea, which if you don't know, it's just north of Australia. It's like a three-hour flight, and it borders Indonesia. So it's like a very islandy, tropical. There's all these crazy like tribes that still live in there traditional ways and these tiny villages and stuff. But I was just in the capital city in Port Moresby. So yeah, I think when I was preparing to go there, I didn't have a mental box for like, I don't even know what to call it. Melanesia, I guess. So I just was like, well, developing country, villages, lots of languages, must be just like Nepal, right? (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) It was fascinating. It's like this... It has a lot of Western influence from, like, being colonized, which Nepal never was colonized. So that's one big difference. So, for example, like, the capital city is super developed and clean. There's these big, wide roads and stuff. And not only is it developed, but its whole design feels very Western. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, the layout of the city was created after cars were invented and all this stuff. So even though Kathmandu is developing a lot and becoming a lot more modern... It's like modernizing over the grid of a very old, ancient place, whereas this place is very new. It's a really new city. And yeah, it just really blew me away. I mean, the whole time, every day we drove around somewhere, I just was staring out the window like, what the heck is happening? (laughs) (laughs) What country in? What am I doing? And they have like, they have these giant cars. Everyone drives like big trucks and SUVs. It feels like LA. No one has scooters or motorcycles. Oh, my gosh. And there's these huh. big, wide roundabouts. And yeah, it was... Big, white roundabouts? <laughs> <laughs> if only. <laughs> but yeah, it was fascinating. Oh, speaking of, though, being big and white, it was really fun going to both Australia and PNG because I'm still extremely white, but I didn't feel big. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> like, in Australia, everyone's, like, as tall or taller than me. <laughs> And PNG, like, they're all kind of, like, I mean, they're all, like, these big rugby players. They're mm. just super muscular and built. And I was like, I'm not a giant. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my exciting thing of the week, not being a giant in a tropical, amazing uh, island culture. Yes. It looked amazing. Oh, it was. Oh. It was so good. Yeah. I was exhausted when I came back, but really fun to explore a new place and the people were so cool got to meet really amazing folks so win 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 well that is super awesome and also a super awesome transition into our theme of the week which is international travel Woo woo! Uh, we're gonna focus a lot on being on airplanes so even those of you who have not traveled a lot internationally who have traveled on planes, I think you will relate to some of these experiences. And when we like give you tips and tools of traveling, then you'll be like, oh, it's not so scary to go international. I'll just come and visit my friends, big and white, in Nepal. No big ah, deal. I love this plan. <laughs> <laughs> we have motives. So let's start off by explaining a little bit. If you have never traveled to Nepal, or Asia, you may not know exactly how many freaking hours is required to arrive here. It's ridiculous, like hard to actually comprehend. I yeah, I think the shortest <laughs> entire trip that you can possibly take, so basically one layover that's like an hour or two long, I think your total travel time is still about 23 to 24 hours. Yeah. So that would be flying L.A. to somewhere in China to Kathmandu with a riskily short layover. Yeah. Hopefully you don't get stuck in immigration. (laughs) Because then you'll end up 12 more hours in said layover country. Mm -hmm. But there's lots of different options. Like you can have multiple layovers. It depends on which airport you start from, especially in the U.S. You might have two or three layovers. Yeah. Um, I would never, ever get to do a flight here. That would be... Less than 24 hours. Yeah. I think it's like at least – my last one was 38, and that's probably pretty typical. Yeah, I would say so. My one route that I take a lot is LA, uh, Japan, Singapore, Nepal, which is like weirdly having to go south. But yeah, yeah I think that one takes me about yeah. 36 hours. So 
we're not only are we good at sitting on planes and entertaining ourselves for 10 to 16 hours. That's the longest flight I've taken. Yeah. My goodness. We're also really good at hanging out in airports during our (laughs) (laughs) So many airports. I started making a list of all the airports. Yes. And I was like, man, this is, I got stories for like every single (laughs) airport. (laughs) Well, let's do that. Let's do our airport review time. Yes. So read me your list of airports and I'll see if I have any to add. This is international airports. So I have Abu Dhabi in the UAE. Doha, which is Qatar, Istanbul, Frankfurt, Heathrow in London, Shanghai, both of the airports in Shanghai in the same morning, Kunming in China, Penang. There's probably some more, but those are like the ones I've actually spent like significant time in. Mm -hmm. Kuala Lumpur, right? Yeah. Transferred to Penang. I've also been to Bangkok, which is terrible. (laughs) Thailand. (laughs) Um... Chiang Mai, that's also Thailand. Singapore, that is one of the best airports oh, in so. the world. It's magical. I've been to two different airports in Tokyo. What else? South a lot, America. A lot in, oh yeah, South America. Oh, that was too long ago. I can't even remember. <laughs> Several in Europe as well. All the crazy different U.S. ones. I've never flown to Canada, though. I've never been to any no? Canadian hmm. airports. Yeah, I guess B.C. Mm-hmm. flew into Vancouver. So what's your favorite airport that you've been to? I think, prob- I don't know, because if it has, like, if I spend a really long time that has bad memories associated with it, <laughs> so therefore I don't like it that much. But I feel like Abu Dhabi is super nice. Oh, really? I haven't been to that yeah. one. What do you like about it? Well, they gave me, like, a really great hotel in the airport. The only bad thing Ooh. was that I couldn't freaking find the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, somebody let me out. Where do I go? And they're like, go this way. And I'm like, okay. And I go a little bit farther and I ask somebody else, where do I go? And I go this way. I'm like, yes. So it took a, a long time for me to actually get out. Um, but yeah, that was good. I feel like the Middle East or like the Gulf states, mm-hmm. they have good airports. Yeah, they're like they're super They're all subsidized ritzy. by their like oil money. Yeah. yeah. Qatar is nice too, but they don't have like there's not good, a good sleeping sleep. room. Yeah. yeah. There's, so, there's different qualities that make an airport good. So there's like... Good places to sleep if you have a long layover. Um, like stuff that's open overnight. I'm always mm-hmm. in Singapore from like 9 p.m. to 10 a.m. I'm like, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. No, but actually Singapore is pretty good. Like they always have coffee shops open and stuff. Mm, that's good. But the like fancy stuff like the movie theater and the uh, botanical There's a garden. What? And the what? <laughs> what else is in there? There's all this crazy stuff that like isn't really open at night. Oh dang! You can take free tours of the city too, like if your layover is long enough. Hmm. But not at two a.m. No, which is when I'm there. Which you probably shouldn't do. Well, maybe in Singapore. Singapore would be <laughs> you could fine. Do that. I feel safe. But yeah, what else makes an airport good? I mean, obviously, it just being clean. Oh, easy mm-hmm. internet access. Yeah, dude, in Delhi, I could not get on the internet. I had yeah. a delayed flight, and I couldn't let my friend know oh, that was yeah. picking me up because I tried forever. You can only get on the internet if you have an uh, Indian phone. Ugh. So. Istanbul was like that too, I think. Really? It was really obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot I did Delhi and Bangalore too. Mm, yeah. Oh, and I just did Brisbane, which yeah. is a really nice airport. Cool. Highly recommended. Way better than Sydney, apparently. And the Port Moresby Airport and Guangzhou in China. That's like one of the big ones where you do a lot of transfers. Oh, I've been to Guangzhou. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like Guangzhou is better than Kunming. No one speaks any English no. in Kunming. And they I don't think- want to help you. So if you ask a question, they just like shake their head like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. It's kind of what Istanbul was like for me. They're like, oh, no, really? no. You're like, <laughs> I had so many people at the transfer desk. They were like, you got to work on your customer skills, mate. <laughs> They're like, I don't give a crap. I hate my job. Sad. Yeah. Once in, um, in Kuching in, uh, in Malaysia. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like in the morning and I had left something on the plane and I was trying to like find someone to help me go back and get it before my next layover. But it was six in the morning and like I couldn't find anyone from my airline. And I asked someone else and they're like, that's not my airline. I can't help you. So I finally... Like, I went to the desk, and I'm like, there's no one here. And then I looked over the counter, and the girl who was working there had a sweatshirt, like, over her head and was sleeping on the desk. Oh. <laughs> I had to wake her up. I was like, excuse me, I need your like, help. Like, poke her on the head. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It was super awkward. <laughs> 
but I got my it was my e-reader I got it back mm, so. worth it few yeah definitely oh. worth it and I didn't miss my next flight so. yeah double amazing. win <laughs> okay so those are some good airport experiences <laughs> do you have any ones that like you absolutely would not go to if at all possible oh well I already just said what is it? Kunming? Kuching? Yeah. I mix those up. Kunming. Kunming is in China. Yeah, I wouldn't go there. Oh my gosh. I had a flight from there to Kathmandu, which is like three hours. And we got to Kathmandu and the weather was too bad and we couldn't land. So we flew all the way back to China. Uh, which is like thousands of miles. Was, uh, yeah, oh I mean, it's God. three hours. Ish. And so we land in this port. There's one other American on the plane and she was sleeping the whole time. So she woke up in China. <laughs> she took off in China, fell asleep, woke up, oh, and we we're in China. Can you imagine? so confused. Like, the hopes that would be dashed. It was, I felt so oh. bad for her. She was a pretty good sport about it. But then, so she and I and this, like, Swiss guy were the only people on the whole plane who weren't Chinese. <laughs> so they were giving us all hotels for the night, and then we were gonna be able to fly back in the morning. But they were, like, totally ignoring us. There's no lines anywhere. I don't know anything about Chinese culture, so I don't know if I'm allowed to, like, push in front of the line or not and i'm like trying to ask the guy at the desk and then someone would stand up and make a big announcement in whatever mandarin i guess and the whole crowd of people would all go to this other desk <laughs> all three of us who just spoke english were like um should we go over there and he's like no no just wait here and we're like, are you sure? <laughs> it took us forever to oh, get our hotel. That's terrible. Yeah, it was really frustrating. But I did have an amazing experience. Once I was in the hotel, like the next day, they had an earlier flight than expected. So this girl at the, who worked at the hotel came and knocked on the door. And she was trying to explain to me that there was an earlier flight available. But she had like no English. So she used the Google Translate thing oh, where you yes. talk into it and then it speaks to you in whatever language, like the other person, whatever. Mm -hmm. So we had this like back and forth. Google's uh, amazing. Man, yeah. the world. Mm -hmm. So awesome. It was magical. Yeah. What airport would you never go back to? I wouldn't go back to Kunming, hopefully. When I was there, I was like a college student and I was an idiot and our itinerary that had been printed off for us had the wrong date. So we got <gasps> to the airport a day later than our flight no. had already left. Oh, no. And so we were with some other um, expat family that tried to, you know, was talking to the people because they could speak Chinese and, and so like trying to negotiate with them and they're like, well, this isn't working. We'll just buy you a flight to Shanghai and then that's easier to get like an international flight back to the mm -hmm. U.S. from Shanghai. Mm -hmm. And so we flew from like, spent all this time getting this other flight, flew to Shanghai just so that we could actually contact our travel guides in the U.S. only to have them say, why did you leave Kunming? You should have just stayed in Kunming. But, you know, it's a 12-hour time difference. So we couldn't like stay at the airport for 12 hours waiting for, waiting them, to for them to wake yeah. up. So that was like a terrible travel experience, actually. Yeah. And then we transferred airports in Shanghai and then flew to Frankfurt, where we proceeded to miss our next flight. <laughs> and we were stuck in the Frankfurt airport for three days. What? Yeah. Oh so gosh. and this was like 2012. So not a, like we didn't have smartphones and Wi-Fi wasn't like an expected thing. Right. So it was... <laughs> you were living the terminal yeah. that movie. But I will say that Frankfurt is like really awesome. Like their airport is awesome in that they let homeless people come in and like really? go through the trash to like get recycling and oh stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. The bad thing about that is that when you have homeless people sleeping on the benches, we were like, I haven't seen that lady move in 14 hours. Is she <laughs> dead? Should we tell someone? <laughs> And you're also like, I want to sleep too. Can you scoot yeah. over, please? Yeah. So that was wow. Not well, that I feel like of all airports to be stuck in for three days, that's a pretty good yeah. one. Um, other than that, never ever fly through Istanbul if you don't have a super long layover. Like uh, if you don't know that you're going to make your flight in Istanbul, don't fly through there. Because I like my flight leaving Nepal. This was when I went to America. Um, this summer, I was late getting out of Nepal, and then I 
like got to Istanbul late, missed my flight there, had, you know, I was like, it's fine. I'm going to go to the transit desk and, you know, I'll get a, like a hotel and stuff. It'll be no big deal. And they can't speak English very well, which is fine, except that that came out in terms of like aggression and uh, like they didn't care about their customers at all. Oh, no. And so everyone was just like angry. You didn't ever know. Like there was like a corral that they sent us to to like wait for them to tell us what to do. <laughs> Transfer jail. Yeah. And he, this like guy, I think I, I mean, I, did not have the worst end of the deal. But this guy, like, would call me over once in a while. He'd be like, lady, lady. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you got to learn. Know that's rude in English. <laughs> it does not work. But there was, like, a British lady who just had two little kids and her husband and, like, a mother-in-law maybe with her. And she just broke full into tears. Oh. I've got to get home. I've got to get my babies home. And they're like two other ladies stopped by and they were all crying together. I was like, oh, snap. Like it could be worse. Dramatic. So that wasn't good. But once I got to like the hotel desk, they were nice at the hotel desk, which then made me burst into tears because they were so (laughs) nice. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like the Turkish, I've only flown them once, but everyone I've talked to has said it's a really amazing airline. Yeah. Unless you have a problem. Yeah. So if everything goes smoothly, it's perfect but if you lose your bags or if you need to transfer or whatever then it's really frustrating the food was amazing but i also don't think they're like letting americans fly through istanbul right now oh really that was what it was like a month ago maybe oh wow okay yeah interesting because of politic problems politics um speaking of crying in airports (laughs) <laughs> do you have any crying? Well, I know you do. You just said you cried in an airport. I want to hear the story. I have so many crying in airport stories. <laughs> I feel like here's the thing. When you travel internationally, there's all these factors that make you super emotionally raw. Mm-hmm. So you're dehydrated from being on the plane. Um, for, there's something about the altitude and stuff that dehydrates you. And then you're tired because you can't sleep that well. And actually, the noise of the plane really exhausts you. Do you know this? Mm -mm. So because there's this background noise, you know, they're like, the whole time. You don't really consciously notice it when you're on the plane, but your brain is filtering out that noise the whole time you're on the plane. So it makes you even more tired than you normally would be. And there's also, I was reading this thing, it's not totally proven, but the theory is that one of the reasons you get more emotional when you travel, like a lot of people talk about crying on at movies and airplanes <laughs> that you would never cry at <laughs> yes. in real life, oh which gosh. let me tell you, I always like, I, I always try to pick a movie. I'm like, mm, Invictus, sports movie. I'm not going to cry at this. And at the end, I'm just like, <laughs> bawling. I'm like, we should have a whole episode. The white people and black people are friends. We need to make note of this. We should talk about this more. Yeah, I think we got some all stories All the movies we watch on planes. <laughs> but yeah, they think one of the reasons you're more emotionally raw is that it's really stressful to be in a small space with like several hundred strangers. That's for darn sure. Yeah, and that's another thing that's not really on your mind consciously, I think, typically for people. But it's uh, like you're sort of on the alert all the time. Yeah, so I think then when you get to the airport, if anything goes wrong, it's just the tears are just like waiting yeah, for you. Yeah, as one of my friends talks about, she she holds her fingers up right below her eye and she says like, my tears are always right here. <laughs> so it takes nothing for them to just come out. <laughs> Yeah, I I have also cried in that same exact place in Istanbul. <laughs> yeah. It's like you get your hotel, they're super nice, and you sit at the Starbucks and you're like, <laughs> yeah. you text your friends. And yeah. it's like you can hold it in until you get the home connection. That's just, yep, that's exactly what happened. I was texting you and then I was texting my sister who was supposed to pick me up from the airport mm. and I would be fine. And then I would text, like I'd get a text from somebody and I'd be like, <laughs> And then I would, like, be okay again. And then I'd get a new text and be like, <laughs> but, you know, nobody cares in airports. Like, It's so true. I think like, like, everyone gets it. Yeah, they're like, yep. My most embarrassing crying story was I was in Japan and I our flight was delayed. But I don't know. It was just really confusing. And it was, again, kind of like a language barrier issue. And I was so so tired i was coming back to nepal and i waited in line for 
hours and it was like 3 a.m. And it, this lady came up to me to talk to me and I found out I had been in the wrong line <gasps> the whole no. time. And by then it was like so late that if I got to a hotel, I would have been in the hotel oh for like gosh. two or three hours, you know, and mm. then had to come back. So she's like, well, I'm at your hotel, you know, blah, blah. And I was like, just like, I don't want, I don't want. And I don't, I'm not really a crier when I'm sad, but I cry when I'm like frustrated or angry, you know? And so I was just super frustrated. And she was like, you know, trying to help me. And I just like, (laughs) started crying. And I was so embarrassed. And you know, like Japanese don't show their emotions very much. And she was so cute. She just looked so concerned. And she gave me a hug. Like stranger. She was so sweet. She's like, oh no, oh no. She gave me a hug. It's gonna be okay. I'm gonna fix it for you. Don't worry. It was so sweet. And then she gave me like three meal vouchers. So Good. And I got breakfast and a beer. Yes. That's another thing that's totally acceptable in an airport. Yeah, you can drink at literally any time yes. of day because everyone just assumes you're like on another time zone. <laughs> you can like just go to the airport and just and drink. like drink. Like nobody's going to judge me. <laughs> Tips for alcoholics here on Big and White. Yee, you hear here first. <laughs> yeah. Um, other crying stories. My like one that I remember most is when I was coming back from India and I was with a few other people and we were bringing back some things for our friends living in India and uh, we got stopped at customs and they totally hassled us and I, this was in Chicago nothing good happens to me at Chicago O'Hare. What? Let that be a lesson. They have the popcorn store and it does not make up Cuban sandwich no. place. It does not make up for the fact that I am guaranteed to have to move like two miles to another terminal at a moment's notice <laughs> with a hundred <sighs> yeah um anyway so we got stopped at customs coming into the u.s this was supposed to be our last airport before we got back to arkansas and so my mom was meeting me it takes my mom three hours to drive from her house to the airport and so um it's like an hour flight so i knew that my mom was already like on her way she was going to be so excited to see me it had been three months since i had seen her and um which doesn't sound that long now but it did at the time (laughs) how old were you 20 maybe okay yeah yeah Yeah, and the customs guys were like like cell phone use was forbidden and i was trying to call my mom like sneak and call her so that i could (laughs) tell her to to not freaking drive to the airport because this happened to her last year where she got to the airport and i wasn't there and i cried then too but anyway i knew that she was like all excited which then gets me like i'm like it's making my mom sad (laughs) so i was like already crying at customs and then we couldn't get a connecting flight that day so then i'm like crying again like i'm like trying i have no idea why i'm crying i'm like there's not a connecting flight (laughs) i'm like like, so yeah i'm like i can't i can't do anything about this i don't know what's happening and then we slept on they gave us like camp mats or like camp beds in the middle of the airport and people were like stopping and taking pictures of us (laughs) and we were also like coming back from india so sorry toilet news i totally had deli belly which translates into diarrhea (laughs) and so like in the middle i mean there was a bathroom right there so it was fine but it was just running the worst night like in the Yeah, bright lights of the terminal. Camp mats. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I want that. Yeah, it's better. That's gonna be my new tip for long layovers. Is just throw a camping pad in your carry on and actually. I mean, we could talk about we could talk about a lot of things, but we could talk about which airports have um, good benches that don't have the The like armrest between them. Yes, and that have chargers built into them for your phone. Yeah, so good. Yeah, well, uh, one of my friends has a story about there's this couple who has worked in this country for like 60 years. They're a powerhouse. They're my favorite. <laughs> they're Australian and they travel back and forth all the time. They have like more energy than me. They're in their 80s. <laughs> <laughs> but one of my friends, when she first moved to South Asia, she was in India and she met up with them for some reason. And so she meets them and she's like, hi, so good to meet you. And she's all fresh faced, new to India, you know, and they're like, hey. So they were like, gonna spend the layover together. And so <laughs> they just 
stretched out on the ground, the <laughs> 70 year olds, and passed out. And my friend's sitting there, like holding her bag all nervous, like, oh. someone gonna steal my stuff? Like, can I fall asleep? Is this allowed? And so she finally fell asleep and then she woke up. And then, several hours later, this line had formed around them, sleeping on the ground. It was like going That's around amazing. his legs. And he's really tall, the husband. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Going around his legs and she like was poking him like, I think we should move. <laughs> and he's just like, What? Oh cool, thanks. Like he's just able to sleep so literally chill. anywhere. Like wow. Why are we doing this episode? Skill. They need to be doing that one. Oh my gosh. They would be the best co hosts. They would. Ideas. Yeah. So <laughs> speaking of, you know, bringing camping pads in your carry on, which I've never done, but it's my new favorite idea. Do you have any tips for people? Maybe like what to pack in your carry-on, how to make sure you get all the best benefits of your travel, how to not cry maybe. (laughs) I would love to get advice on that one. (laughs) You guys can tell me. My tips basically include clothing, which I feel like I've got pretty good because – I mean, if you're traveling from Nepal to America, like at least the way that I usually have to go to get to Arkansas, I would go from South Asia with its clothing customs to the Middle East with its clothing customs to various places in America before I land in Arkansas that's probably like 100 degrees or something. So So it's all about the layers. Yes. Pick clothing that is going to work for all of those all of those cultures. I mean, I'm not saying that you have to pack a hijab <laughs> for the airport. Um, that would be a little bit unnecessary. Remember that you are likely as big and white as us, and you're going to stick out anyway. Yeah, my but- standard travel outfit, I wear the same exact thing every single time now. <laughs> I wear jeans with like cute but comfortable shoes mm-hmm. that I can wear socks with because yep. my feet always get cold on the plane. And then I wear a black t-shirt. And a scarf and yes. a sweater. Yes. And sometimes a jacket, too, in case of cold. Yeah. So basically, every weather yep. is available. And the scarf is good for the Middle East. But with your shoes, they're super important because remember that you might be on a 16-hour flight and you're going to have sausage toes by the mm. end of that, no matter what you think. So <laughs> so don't wear tight shoes. <laughs> don't wear shoes. Like, wear sandals, something like that, mm. that you can you know, have room to spread out in. <laughs> yeah. Well, my One of my favorites is like Converse type shoes that are kind of like mm. not too tight. And then those are really easy to slip on and off for going through security. Don't wear yes. a belt. Yeah. Don't wear a lot of jewelry or watch. Don't wear anything that is metal that you have to take off because then every time you go through security, you have to like undress yep. <laughs> and then redress again. And it's annoying. Yeah. Although who knows with security now, like some of the security, like... I mean, in I think this was in Turkey the last time I went through. I had to take my laptop out of its bag mm-hmm. and then turn it on for oh, them. Oh, yeah. And That's because so, you're going to the U.S. They're really strict mm, about you, the going to the U.S. from Turkey. Yeah. It depends a lot on two things, which airport you're in and where you're transferring to. So some airports have double security, like they have mm-hmm. sec- normal security, and then they have a security at each gate, which might be different depending on your country. Yeah, so remember that if you buy a Starbucks drink immediately before <laughs> getting to your gate. That's how I got a free Starbucks drink from one of my friends <laughs> in Malaysia. <laughs> hey, thanks. They're like, I don't have time to chug this. Yeah. Here you go, right? I say an actual friend, like not just some rando in the line, by the way. <laughs> so crazy. Give you me a latte. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I'm always ready, like, with my maximum option of, like, having all your liquids in your tiny Ziploc and having your laptop and backup battery and Mm -hmm. any other electronic device, like, readily available to grab. Because different airports have different rules about which things they want you to take out of your bag. But sometimes you get lucky and they're like, nope, leave it all in. Yeah. Leave all your clothes on. Yeah, sometimes (laughs) I haven't even had to take off my shoes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, and the rule of thumb I learned from that 
um, this super nice TSA agent in Arkansas, I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I can never tell, you know, you never know what you're going to need to do for the that gate or whatever. And she's like, well, rule of thumb is if they're telling you to take your laptop out of your bag, then you're going to have to take your shoes off. But if they oh. don't tell you to take your laptop out, don't bother with your shoes. Interesting. But it's constantly changing. So be ready for anything. Be ready. What else? I'm trying to think. Oh, what to pack in your carry-on. Yeah. So I always pack clothing-wise. I always at least pack like an extra pair of underwear um in case i get my i would miss my liver or something and i end Mm -hmm. up staying somewhere an extra day sometimes i pack like an extra shirt too and i also like to pack like deodorant toothbrush baby wipes so you can kind of almost do like a little mini like shower refreshment in the bathroom in your labor because if you fly for 14 hours and then have it eight hour labor and then fly for five more hours you'll stink you will stink (laughs) (laughs) so some airports that's another airport feature that makes Mm -hmm. it a good airport is if they have like a luxurious bathroom where there's a space to like do your non-bathroom like a, things a hose bidet <laughs> also that i might have done that nice. <laughs> yeah i always like asian bathrooms because they have usually they have like a squatty option yes. and a western toilet option so you can see how you feel <laughs> and then if a big and white person like opens the door to the squatty one and it's like oh my god i don't know what to do i always feel really superior <laughs> and i walk in i'm like i'll take that stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> So look for ways to make yourself feel better. If you can feel superior, (laughs) take that opportunity. Definitely. My other tip would be, well, I don't know. You can do what you want. But this is what I've done over time is when I was younger, I used to be so cheap. Like I would never spend the extra $50 for a better layover or I wouldn't buy any food in the airport because it's expensive uh, and stuff. But now maybe just because I'm old, (laughs) I'm like, it is worth the extra few dollars to me. Like, don't buy a muffin. Buy a salad. Mm-hmm. Your body will thank you. Do you want a coffee? Have one. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like that little things like that, that help. If you're looking for tips on how not to cry, just yeah. eat something that's not carbs and treat yourself, girl. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I had to learn that as I've gotten older. Never, I never used to spend money at all. I would just bring like nuts and, and, uh, like granola bars and I would eat that for like 24 hours straight and then (laughs) you feel like crap and then you get there and you have jet lag and you feel like crap anyway so like just help your body out and Mm -hmm. buy food and eat meals like it'll it's worth it I promise other things to pack in your carry-on for on the plane I always bring an eye mask Mm -hmm. and earplugs or like noise canceling headphones or something um I also usually bring like gum, so you can chew gum when you're going up and going ascending yeah, and yeah. descending. Yeah. Wait, taking off and landing. Yep. Words yep. are hard. <laughs> um, or offer it to your seatmate if they have bad breath. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You read my mind. <laughs> I also always bring like pens and stuff because they'll give you the uh, customs card that you have yeah. to fill out, but they don't give you anything to write with. So. And then you'll be everybody's best friend. Right, too. <laughs> Can I borrow your pen? Can I borrow your like pen? Like, you better give it back. <laughs> <laughs> I had the opposite happen once. I was, in, I was leaving Nepal, and I was late. And this guy was like, oh, can I borrow your pen? I was like, you can just have it. And then I like ran to the line. And then he followed me. He's like, wait, don't you want your pen back? I was like, go away. I'm <laughs> Wow, that was a lot of stuff. And we have way more that we could talk about. But... I just want to encourage you guys. I feel like we talked a lot of, about a lot of negative or difficult <laughs> things, but I actually really like long distance travel. I think for me, it's it's one of my like meditative times. Mm. I mean, part of it is I'm all tired and emotional, so I get all like teenage angsty, and I'm like, I'm going to write in my journal about <laughs> everything that's happened to me. But I do really like that time where you don't have internet and you're not distracted by other things in your life, where yeah. you can kind of take a moment and think and especially if you've been traveling you know you it's time to like process all the experiences that you've been having or you know think about your time that you just had at home with people and yeah for me it's a really nice pause in between two different phases of life yeah and I mean we talked about things that were hard and you know bad experiences that we've had but I just want you to know that there are always people to help you in some way or another. 
maybe not the people who work in Chinese airports <laughs> for the most part, but you know, other travelers, you know, anytime it's that you're true, traveling, like you make of, friends instantly. Yeah. There's a sense of camaraderie. Like we're all in yeah. this together. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. I mean, maybe it's a little bit of a learning curve, but if you're just okay with acting like an idiot, you know, and knowing that you're never going to see these people again, then it can be a perfectly fine experience. Yeah. If Especially I, if you just let yourself cry. <laughs> That's the lesson <laughs> of the day. Just cry. Just cry. You just don't have control over it anyway. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're going to have to have more episodes about international travel because we could talk about this for like days. True. So if you guys have any of your own stories or if you have questions for us, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out. You the best. So now it's time for our segment of the week. This week we're talking about linguistics. Woo! We love linguistics. We are big old linguistic nerds, which is good because we're sociolinguists, so... It's kind of our job. Yeah. So today we're just talking about things in linguistics that we have found really fun or interesting. Do you want to go first? Sure. We'll talk about my celebrity crush. <laughs> I bet he's really sexy, sexy. sexy. I think he's like late 80s now. Oh, he's old. Yeah. Okay. But he's still teaching. So Rocking it. I know. He was at a, conf- a linguistics conference that I presented at as a stupid little undergrad. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's him. I'm nervous. Yeah. He's like this tiny old man. His name is Bill LaBob, Dr. William LaBob. That's the best name. I'm so happy. (laughs) Um, And he really inspired me when I was getting my undergrad degree in linguistics. So he is a sociolinguist. Um, He's kind of, he's the father of variationist sociolinguistics. What does that mean? Which basically means dialect comparisons okay yeah and it gets all like there's like some more breakdown in there too but i don't entirely understand it all okay um but he's kind of he he did a lot of his studies um in new england kind of area in the u.s US. yeah in the 60s i should have researched this again more you can google him yourself and fall in love with him too (laughs) (laughs) anyway so he did he's like pretty well known for some dialect studies that he did in new york city with like this um fourth floor dialect study (laughs) that he did um in a department store there and so look that up that's pretty cool but i'm not going to talk about that i'm going to talk about his martha's vineyard study um, so Martha's Vineyard is an island off of the coast of eastern U.S., as you probably know. I don't know. Um, I have never heard of this island. But it's a super small island. Okay. And um, he did a study of people who had grown up in Martha's Vineyard, and he compared the dialects of those who grew up in Martha's Vineyard, wanted to stay there, and did stay there. People who grew up in Martha's Vineyard but left for college on, like, the mainland U.S., and but wanted to come back to Martha's Vineyard. Mm. And then those who grew up there but went to college on the mainland and did not want to move back to Martha's Vineyard. Okay. And he studied how their dialect, like, how their pronunciation changed. Because Martha's Vineyard has a very distinct dialect. Um, so he looked at how it changed according to how long people had been there and his control group was obviously the people who stayed there um, and didn't ever move and what he found was that those who moved to the mainland but planned to move back to martha's vineyard long term they retained their dialect but those who didn't want to move back would pretty much always standardize their english and Yeah. And so for me, when I was in college learning that, it answered so many questions for me because I grew up in Arkansas, but my family is from Illinois and I like had always wanted to distance myself from Arkansas. And so without knowing anything about linguistics or yeah, anything about the field or being aware of this, I tried not to develop a Southern accent. Mm. 
And it was only in college that I realized that, you know, oh, the South, like, has a very distinct culture and it's actually really rich and, like, I like living here. And, you know, I could have, like, associated myself more with it because now, I mean, maybe I have a little bit of an accent, but not, like, super discernible. Right. But you, like, actively tried to yeah. not yeah. associate yourself with right. that. And culture. so that translated into me not letting myself sound Southern. Yeah, and it's so, so interesting. <laughs> we actually went to a conference this year where we talked a lot about this idea of identity and mm-hmm. how much it relates to language. I think we typically think of language as kind of its own separate thing. But the choices we make with our language, whether it's which language to speak or, you know, which accent to use, which dialect to speak, is very deeply rooted in how we perceive ourselves and yeah. how we want others to perceive us. Yep. So interesting. Yeah. Bill above. Bill above. And I mean, maybe maybe that just blew your mind. But if it didn't, like, he was doing these studies in the 60s and 70s, like, before anybody was thinking about these kind of things. Yeah, very so cutting was, edge. Yeah. Linguistics is cool. <laughs> I'll have to post a picture of Bill above. Yeah, So you know how it. awesome he is. I want to see him. He's adorable. I think I already have a crush on him, too. I hope he's listening. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Bill. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. What you got for us? Well, I don't have as much of a cohesive story as you. That was super (laughs) interesting. But I, when I first started studying linguistics, I was so excited about articulatory phonetics. (laughs) (laughs) Nerd alert. It blew my freaking mind. So... There's different kinds of phonetics, which is basically the study of the sounds that we make in language. And articulatory phonetics is specifically the study of what our body physically does to create those sounds. So whenever you talk, you're using your lungs or some other part of your body to push air out through your mouth or nose. And then the shape that your mouth makes when that happens creates the different sounds that we use in language. And I think the reason I found this so fascinating when I was learning it is I was learning all these things that I had been doing my whole life without even realizing it. Yes. Like, whoa, that's what I do when I make that sound. That's what I do when I say that word. I didn't, you know, when you learn other physical skills, like, I don't know, walking or like gymnastics or soccer, you can see what you're doing. So I think there's more of a connection between your conscious mind and what's happening. Mm. Like, okay, for a cartwheel, I have to put my arm here and I have to put my leg here. But when you talk, it just happens. You don't even notice that you're doing it. So one example that totally blew my mind was a sound that's called an affricate. So, (laughs) uh, an example would be like a J sound or and those are actually two different sounds connected together in a row what <laughs> everybody listening right now is like jah, 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 trying it out yeah <laughs> i hope you're talking to yourself in your car right now <laughs> that's basically what it's like to study linguistics is making weird noises out oh, loud <laughs> and the best part is if you're in a linguistics school People talk to themselves all the time, like <laughs> yeah. while they're doing homework or whatever, and no one bats an eye. You're just like, oh, wow, Kevin. <laughs> oh Everyone's like, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I remember that specifically. But so, so affricates are a combination of a stop. So an example would be the letter D, where there's a part of the letter where no air is coming out of your mouth. So if you say ada, ada, there's a second where no air is coming out, and that's the D sound. And then a uh, fricative would be, an example would be like, zh. so the air is not coming out really freely like it would be with a vowel. You're kind of like, there's a technical word for it, I can't remember. Friction. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you're like sort they're of stopping the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're sort of stopping the airflow, but not totally. So if you do those two in a row, d and j, then it becomes j, like the letter j. Whoa. Whoa. 
So that's my fun linguistics, linguistics fact. So I'm fun. smiling so hard right now. I don't know if you can hear it's it in so my voice. Fun. <laughs> I was, I'm like, can I go back to that class? Oh because <laughs> I was like talking to my six-year-old niece when I was back home and mm. she was like, like um talking without moving her lips like a ventriloquist kind of you know mm-hmm. but like her mouth was open she's like can you talk like this without ever touching your lips together mm-hmm. and i was like yeah but you know what letters you can't make you can't make a b and you can't make a p and she was like what is going on <laughs> it's cool I, another thing that i found really fun in that class was that we had in that class we had people studying linguistics but we also had people studying speech therapy so understanding all of those rules of what your mouth does when you're trying to make certain sounds is basically what a speech therapist does or a speech pathologist. So they can help kids who are, or adults with speech impediments figure out how to train their muscles in their mouth to make the right shape so that they sound like everyone else. Yeah, so cool. Linguists changing the world. We have the coolest job. I know. You guys are jealous. Don't lie. (laughs) Like anytime I'm tired, I'm like, yeah, but man, I got the coolest freaking job. (laughs) I'm like, where else would I rather be? (laughs) I know. I was talking to someone yesterday and I was, they were like, oh, why did you come to Nepal? Like, was it for the mountains? I was like, oh no, it's for my job. (laughs) And they were like, you must have a really amazing job Mm. to come all the way to Nepal. And I was like, actually, I do. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it doesn't, it's not amazing in the way other people might think. Like, it doesn't pay a lot, don't have great benefits, but it's pretty badass. Yeah. Well, you guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We really had a fun time recording it. And please remember to follow us on all the social medias. White has been making some amazing Instagram posts recently. Please rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Also known as iTunes. Is it the same thing? I never know. Yeah, they changed the name a while ago. Okay. So if you have an iPhone, it's just your podcast app. Yeah. Mm, Okay. So if you rate us on there, that would be amazing. Don't remember to subscribe on whichever. Don't remember. No. No, no. You guys don't subscribe to our podcast. Don't not remember. And don't tell your friends to subscribe to it either. (laughs) Yeah. And you guys can totally share our podcast on social media if you are a fan. Please share. Um, We know that we have been talking about the big white secret, and we thank you so much that you have been careful about that. But don't be like afraid. Just don't say, Oh, my friend, and then tag our personal accounts or something like that. Just be like, dudes, this is the coolest podcast I've ever heard in my life, and you should listen to it. Like, too. I don't even have a personal connection to these people, but they're freaking hilarious. <laughs> they're like famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are the best. And don't forget about our Patreon. We currently have one amazing patron. Woo! We love you. You are like no joke, my our favorite person. Yeah, right we're now. actually thinking of an amazing like gift to send you for being our first patron of all time. And it might be pigeon themed. <laughs> <laughs> we hope it is. Yeah. Well, anyway, you guys, thank you so much for listening. And we'll end this episode with our traditional Nepali phone call. Goodbye. Okay. 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 Great. Okay. okay. Let's hang up okay. now. All right. I'm hanging out. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.